urban gridlock is threatening to create a nightmare for logistics providers. And drones won't save us. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain. And this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Cities are getting more and more crowded, and the job of getting product to retail stores and consumers' homes is getting tougher all the time. The situation is growing worse and worse, day by day, in the words of my guest today, Bob Farrell. He's president and CEO of Cuel, with more than 25 years of experience in international business leadership. Bob has an innovative suggestion for how to handle urban logistics in the years ahead. He's calling for an unprecedented level of collaboration among service providers and shippers. It might not involve the use of drones, as recently suggested by Amazon's Jeff Bezos, but it's a more grounded and less science fiction-y idea. I think you'll be fascinated by what Bob has to say. So here is my conversation with Bob Farrell. Bob Farrell, welcome to the program. Thanks, Bob. Good to be here with you today. Interesting subject, urbanization and city logistics. Would you please define for me the term urbanization as you understand it for purposes of this discussion? Well, it's 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 one of those terms that, that's kind of evolving. And if you look at it from the overall logistics perspective, everyone wants to get spontaneous and quick deliveries of things that are friendly. So if you if you look at the urbanization of logistics, um, I think it's a an approach toward uh, moving moving goods um, from a, uh, a much more cooperative, common perspective that uh, allows you to to get your packages and your your deliveries into customers and and other uh, of your delivery locations in a much more sustainable manner. This is a trend, of course, that we've been seeing for many, many years, the, um, the increased migration of populations from rural to urban centers. Is this a phenomenon that is occurring uniformly across the globe? Well, uh, I think what we see in our business across the globe is the, the logistics services providers and the direct shippers with whom we do business are finding uh, – more and more concentration into fewer and fewer cities. So the populations of the mega cities are, are getting larger and larger all the time. And the the concepts that we've deployed to you to move goods into these crowded towns and cities ha- haven't changed much. We've got multiple trucks coming in, multiple commercial vehicles coming into these destinations, making multiple stops um, at residences, retail establishments, um, industrial facilities. And at the same time, we have different uh, trucks and commercial vehicles coming in to, to, to pick up from many of those same locations. Um, and there, there's no commonality between the two. There's no sharing between the two. So we see all this, uh, you know, evolving in, in not necessarily a uniform way uh, across the globe. I think some of the concepts are similar. 
but the way in which it's manifesting itself, let's say, in India versus the United States is very different. I would imagine that the emergence of the Internet and the popularity of e-tailing has increased demands for a different type of transportation. There's so much more direct delivery to homes now, to residences and businesses, that that calls upon a much larger fleet, I would think, of, of smaller trucks, which would create all kinds of challenges to traffic. It does. It does. And uh, there's a lot of data out there that, that shows how over the last 10 years in particular, traffic in many of the, the largest cities and, and urban areas in multiple countries around the world has has really come to to a crawl. And I think you're right. The, the, uh, omni, the, omni, the omni-channel model that we didn't even consider 10 years ago, where you've got tight integration between... Uh, retail and e-commerce channels for for major uh, uh, major sellers of goods is, is just making this problem worse and worse day by day. Yeah, you say I believe uh, the projections of nine billion people on this earth by 2050, and 70 percent of them will be uh, will be living in urban urban areas, right? Yes, I mean that's that's a that's a statistic that we've been quoting. So what are the implications then for logistics? I mean, you suggest that the uh, systems that we have now have not kept pace with the demographic trends we're seeing. So let's talk about some uh, some solutions and some ideas that you might have that would help to meet this challenge. It's, it's, it's difficult not to oversimplify, but I think you need to start um, you need to start from a simple perspective and and look at ways to um, create cooperation from the get-go. So, you know, maybe from a very simple perspective is you create uh, consolidation centers where, you know, historically we had uh, distribution centers, uh, multiple distribution centers, sending multiple small and and medium and even large trucks into cities uh, directly to homes and businesses. With consolidation centers, you create uh, the ability for all of these uh, organizations to go to one place, consolidate um, either in a in a in a simple cross dock type of a, of a of a mechanism, and then have a single uh, mode in into these into these cities. Now, obviously, um, this is going to require a lot of coordination across uh, people today who are competitive with each other and and governments, um, which is which is which is a big challenge. Yeah, I'm trying to picture what these consolidation centers would be like exactly. I mean, you suggest there is a competitive issue. Are we talking about competing service providers who would be sharing space in those facilities? Well, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of theories out there as to how something like this could work. But, um, you know, I, ideally you end up with the concept of a neutral party um, that facilitates the, the – a common last mile, if you will, and um, you know how this neutral or impartial part, um, uh, party gets established. I think is still something that's that's not really been developed to the degree that it could be implemented. But the concept is um, uh, that you've got multiple logistic services providers and shippers going to this common uh, consolidation center which is either consortium-owned or government-owned or um, perhaps it becomes a business in and of itself that really allows those same parties to be much more productive and to have a lower cost basis 
and facilitate deliveries in a much quicker way that's more environmentally friendly. Do you envision these centers as uh, serving the omni-channel? Would they be not only um, fulfilling orders directly to businesses and residences, but also to more traditional retail stores and retail distribution centers? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the, the concept of, of looking at the supply chain um, across uh, uh, distribution centers and, and stores and, and homes is, is, is the way to look at it. Um, it's an idea that didn't really pick up steam, but at one point, uh, a couple uh, a couple years ago, Amazon actually had the concept of thinking about how they could put inventory into people's homes as a means to um, creating it uh, creating an urbanization effect and moving the product closer, uh, and and creating sort of a customer to customer fulfillment mechanism. Now, that idea didn't gain steam, but the concept is one that I think we can use to help us figure out how to how to mold all this stuff together. Yeah, you cite Amazon as an example, and of course they are spending millions of dollars building new fulfillment centers and distribution centers all over the country, but I think Amazon probably views that as a proprietary or a competitive differentiation, and it's hard to imagine that they would want to share space with other providers. Well, I, I'd have to agree, and it, it's 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 a challenge, um, and you know perhaps uh, um, you know perhaps they themselves, in in a, in a similar way to how they got into the uh, in, 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 into the internet um, storage business and internet processing business with with the AWS um, uh, offering, that was sort of a byproduct of of what they needed, and and as they build out, you know their proprietary ways of of approaching urban logistics, perhaps that's something that uh, becomes a service that they offer uh, across the board. As you envision these uh, uh, these consolidation centers, I'm thinking that they must or are going to have to be enormous in order to accommodate all of the logistics providers and all of the customers that they would be serving. Do you think of them as being located right smack in the middle of cities, or would they be kind of at the edge of cities and then feed into them? I think conceptually they would be outside of a main city, close to major freight arteries, um, really focused on uh, cross-docking only so that they only have sort of a 24-hour stock for quick replenishment, so it's not not a warehousing-type environment at all. Um, you may have the concept of breaking and repalleting um, uh, to, to facilitate uh, to facilitate the input of large uh, large shipments into small shipments going out um, but it really would be um, really would allow for load optimization to occur and you know when you think about trucks today uh, in general I think in industry industry average or somewhere between 35 to 50 percent capacity really allows for for you to create a, a, a better capacity load and and you know ultimately a lower cost but Outside the city, I think is is key. I think you're moving from, you know, a multitude of single company platforms to one common platform, and uh, this this concept of cross docking is very important because the the center shouldn't be viewed as something that would uh, would be a place where stuff would be stored, rather moved through. 
Do you know of any models anywhere in the world that would serve as kind of a prototype, even the, even an early kind of prototype for this idea that exists now? You know, in our business, we're focused on uh, serving the logistics uh, uh, services providers market as well as direct shippers market. Um, we've seen very little in the way of uh, a broad movement to this kind of model. I mean, I think there are some uh, some cities that would suggest they're starting to do things to to facilitate the ability to do this. So, for example, uh, in the Netherlands, they're creating these um, these lanes um, in in on certain roads that uh, are are sort of geared specifically for for trucks that can that can high speed in and cross uh, dock at a small facility and to to smaller um, smaller modes of transportation even even down to the bicycle level. Um, so that's that's one thing that's going on. Um, you know, I think the concept of um, using using trams in certain cities. Uh, I think in in Germany, for example, um, in Dresden. They've, they've looked at using trams to move things around. Um, in Paris, I think they've, they've considered a, a, a similar thing. But at this juncture, um, it's really more been focused on how you get it the last mile as opposed to what a consolidation center looks like. So, I mean, there's multiple segments to this solution, and the last mile is obviously critical. And, and looking at some of these congested areas, like I was just referring to, um, and, and, and using some existing infrastructure to sort of uh, move things through um, is is a great start. But you know, how do you get stuff to 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 those modes? Uh, you know, another example actually that I I, I just kind of came across recently is um, this concept of a, a cargo hopper in Utrecht in the Netherlands, which if you if you look at it, it almost looks like uh, uh, a um, an airline luggage uh, trolley bringing goods into, in particular, inner cities or or, or areas where there, it's car free, um, and and linking this to a to a city sub uh, to a city center hub, uh, which is which is pretty interesting. But you know, I think it's all sort of early on right now. Yeah, I, I guess it would be a case of larger equipment, like you know, full tractor trailer type of of uh, of equipment bringing stuff into these facilities and then what comes out of the facilities for that so-called last mile as you say would be this more innovative approach interesting smaller vehicles or other ideas like that right yeah and um you, you know it's interesting because um you, you look at some some of the um uh, i think the typical package um I don't know the exact stat uh, percentage-wise, but a very large percentage of packages are five pounds or less. So when you think of moving certain things by the last mile on, you know, micro trains or bicycles or, um, you know, other very urban-friendly modes of, of transportation becomes a rea- reality when you're talking about those size packages. I'm sure uh, you saw the 60-minute segment this past weekend where Amazon was was showing off their desire to use drones to to move uh, packages into uh, into uh, into specific GPS addresses, and you know, that's a concept of, of of really getting to the last mile in a in a very uh, 
eco-friendly way and and um, without creating additional congestion. Well, it's certainly an innovative idea. Uh, I think also not to push too hard on this devil's advocate sort of thing, but I'm also thinking that companies like UPS and FedEx would be fairly averse to the idea of sharing uh, that they would say our own facilities are set up for exactly this purpose. But do you even see some of the big parcel and small package delivery services potentially being a part of this? I do, and, and you know, perhaps those are organizations that will be the ones that, that really take this to, to, the, to the next level. Um, you know, it, it, I'm never more frustrated by uh, a UPS delivery, either at my home or at my business, where they... Um, where they refuse to pick up at the same time they're dropping off, and it's um, so there's still some 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 uh, you know mindset that needs to be solved. But obviously, these organizations have invested significant significant amounts of money in concepts similar to this, but they haven't necessarily um, driven innovation down to uh, the urbanization level that's going to be required based on the growth that we're seeing in in particular in the mega cities that are developing around the world. Where did you get the idea for this, Bob? What was the inspiration? Um, well, you know, I don't think that I could take credit for the concept of urban logistics. I think that um, as a company, Keywell has been developing software to provide visibility over the supply chain. And as I looked at what our customers are trying to do in terms of Getting their 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 logistics straight and getting their 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 goods uh, into the places they need to be um, in a way that is economical and um, and, and sustainable uh, has really caused us as a company to focus on building out additional thoughts around our systems and our technology to be able to support this going forward. Yeah, but what I mean is the uh, the idea of the shared consolidation center. Have you? Is there a kind of a visionary out there who you read or heard about and had this idea, or did this just sort of pop into your head as a possible solution? No, I think it's just a natural um, evolution of, uh, of of what's happened in the last 10 years around distribution centers in general, uh, around multimodal transportation, um, personified by, you know, the omni-channel model of people and and. and, and in which people are procuring goods today. Now, because this is such a new idea, and as you point out, it's still a very highly conceptual stage, it might be premature to start talking about practicalities such as the money that would be involved to pay for this and, and who would pay for it and, and who would own it. But do you have any sense in your own mind of what would be the most practical model in terms of who would run a thing like this and who would pay for building it? Well, you know, what you'd like to think is that there are going to be specific advantages that would provide a return on investment from a commercial perspective as opposed to um, government for, let's say, providing this sort of infrastructure and, and uh, you know, perhaps putting certain limitations around it that might be difficult for it to evolve and innovate as well as it could if it was driven by commercial. So I think that, um, you know, I think that we already see the likes, as you mentioned uh, just a minute ago, of the UPSs and FedExes and the Amazons, you know, looking at um, investments in this area to allow their businesses to evolve to the next level. So I suspect that they will 
they will be uh, a large part of the investment that goes forward. And, and you know, if you look at the, the, the cost of logistics um, in any particular economy uh, for any particular investment, your ability to drive that down obviously translates into to profit. So if you can start to build an investment model around that, um, I, I think you can you can start to see where the where the money will start to come from. So I think it's going to be a combination of of, of of people trying to get products into end users' hands, logistics services providers trying to figure out ways to uh, offer their customers cheaper and better alternatives for moving those goods, and then ultimately governments who are focused on um, what is going to be best for the environment, what's going to reduce congestion, what's going to allow the, the, the life in their cities to, to be better. I would think that the idea that you just mentioned in passing about the possibility of government ownership would probably be the least likely model that we talk about here, but certainly government money of some kind could be of help, especially in terms of developing the basic infrastructure to serve these facilities. So I'm wondering if you foresee the possibility of that aspect of it being rolled into the larger question of transportation infrastructure funding nationwide. Add this to the uh, to the to the uh, bill, uh, in addition to bridges and and highways and ports and stuff like that. Well, I think there's an element of it that has to has to come via that, um, has to be fostered fostered by that. Um, you know, you know, to use an exaggerated example, there there aren't. There aren't airports all over the place. Airports have been consolidated into into central populated areas, and uh, in large part, those are were created via government funding and uh, with with force standards on infrastructure and stuff like that. So, um, I think I think inevitably some of the some of this has to come from transportation funding in in the U.S., but more importantly uh, across the globe. Um, there's there's as much opportunity for um, innovation in urban logistics to occur in the United States as there is uh, in other parts of, of the world. Do you get a sense that we all fully realize the importance of this urbanization trend? Because we've heard charges in the past that cities and urban areas don't get their fair share of transportation funds today, that a lot of it is uh, controlled by the most powerful legislators, many of whom are from a rural or uh, suburban uh, areas of the country? I think things, you know, simply things are going to need to change. And with the population concentration and businesses trying to drive uh, uh, goods into that population and, and, and all of that resulting in where the tax dollars are coming from, I think there's going to have to be recognition of, of uh, moving monies to support initiatives around uh, urban logistics. And then once the money gets into the cities, you have the question of balancing often conflicting interests such as mass transit, pedestrians, increasingly vocal bicyclists. I mean, it seems like we're in for uh, we're in for a rocky time in terms of getting that money funded toward uh, toward commercial transportation. Uh, agreed, and and to the degree that um, that some of the funding could be used for multiple purposes. Uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned bikes. You mentioned uh, you know mass transit and using some of the some of the dollars that will go into those areas uh, for urban logistics at the same time would be really interesting. So you know, 
when you look at uh, moving goods through a city using tram lines, for example, um, in, in the uh, middle of the night, that's an interesting concept because that infrastructure is not being used by commuters at that time, and it would be a great way to take advantage of the same infrastructure for two purposes. Well, I've really loved this opportunity to speak with you, Bob, about a very, very innovative idea. It's great to kind of uh, look a little bit more in the future and stuff that may not seem practical now, but maybe some of the best ideas didn't at the time that they were first proposed. So, uh, Bob Farrell, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bob Farrell of QL. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch over 1,000 videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SC Brain. See you next time.